You're listening to the Smart Women Business Podcast, episode number 59. Hello, you're listening to the Smart Women Business Podcast. My name is Jane McKay, and on this show, we talk to smart women in business all over the world about starting, building, and creating the business and life of your dreams while having incredibly honest in-depth and rich conversations with amazing women in business who will inspire you to become a smart woman in business. Hey, it's Jane here. Before we dive into this episode, I just wanted to let you know that this conversation is one of the most powerful I have had on the podcast. And honestly, I have been procrastinating on putting this out in case it's too much. All of my podcasts are completely unedited from start to finish, unless there's some sort of major audio audio bug. The conversations you hear here are spontaneous and the emotions you see, I'm already getting emotional thinking about this, you see and hear and experience are very real. Louise and I acknowledged that while some of what we discuss can be distressing, We felt it is our responsibility to talk about these topics and to bring them into the light, to encourage others to have these difficult conversations when they're in a position of strength so we can support others. We do talk about a range of topics, including sexual assault and suicide in this episode, which I know can be distressing. If you need resources or support, go to beyondblue.org. Or for 24-hour free counselling in Australia, the, life ni- the number for Lifeline is 131114 or please look up your local support in your location. I'll also add an- the information for a range of support services in the notes below, both on YouTube and on the podcast platform. Please look after yourself and if you need help, reach out. Big, big love to you all and I hope you enjoy this conversation and get out of it what we intended to share, which was having a really powerful conversation about what it is to be a woman in business. Big love. Hello and welcome to the Smart Women in Business vlog and podcast. I'm your host, Jay McKay from Jay McKay Communications, marketing consultant and coach who works with people across the world to build the business of their dreams. Today, I am talking to Louise Bedford, best-selling author of five books on the stock market. She's a behavioral finance expert and has degrees in psychology and business. Louise has been running the six-month repeat-for-free www.tradinggame.com.au mentor program since 2000. And she's also the founder of talkingtrading.com.au a free weekly trading podcast known as the corporate executive who lost the use of her arms and achieved financial freedom by trading with a pen in her mouth. Louise will inspire you to achieve your trading best. Wow, Louise, welcome to the show. Good to be here. So exciting (laughs) to finally catch up. Um, Please tell me about your incredible journey and how you got to where you are today in your business. Sure. So I think the journey starts, so many journeys start the same way. Standard, you know, go to uni, strive. But then after I'd started to climb up the corporate ladder, unfortunately, I developed a small little spasm in one finger on my right hand. And we always ignore these things, don't we? Because everybody's got aches and pains. But in the period of two weeks, it had traveled up and down both arms and I couldn't move. I couldn't feed myself. I couldn't dress myself. The job that I loved because I loved my corporate role as a national manager, they suddenly soured on somebody needing a carer. Yeah. So I can sort of see when you've got an extra person coming to the boardroom meeting, sitting alongside somebody who's really just a brain at that stage and can't do much for herself, that it could be intimidating. But for goodness sake. So I had to leave that beloved role. And luckily, I'd learned how to trade alongside my job. Thank goodness for the young Louise. Good on your young Louise getting in there helping the future Louise out. (laughs) So I became a full time trader. Wow. 
And so you've obviously developed this business, you, you know, 20 plus years. What were the signs along your journey that it was time to evolve and change? Because our business never ends up looking how we think it's going to look. So true. Look, it's always the carrot or the stick with me. So I was terrified I'd be living under a bridge in a cardboard box. I was so scared that I would go back into that very poor position that I grew up in. And it was something that I just couldn't tolerate. So learning how to trade and then eventually teaching other people to trade was just fantastic. I never knew it was going to become a business. I started by training the people in the physiotherapy, hydrotherapy pool. Um, there were people without limbs, people who were blind, people with all sorts of horrible car accident issues. I taught them how they could get off the pension. And I think the word just spread. So it was quite an amazing process where sometimes when you take your eyes off yourself and put them on other people and say, how can I be of service? How can I be of assistance? That doors open up that you never would have been able to swing open yourself. It's quite a staggering process. Often I see when people are in a bit of a funk because I was definitely depressed at that stage. I was not, I'm, I'm not even sugarcoating it for you. I was literally thinking about how do I jump off the top of the shopping center? I'd worked out how to get up to the top door and I'd stood looking over the edge going, do I, don't I, do I, don't I? And I didn't, something pulled me back. And I hope if you do have somebody listening at the moment and you think that, there's no point, there's no future for me, uh, my life is done, that you can hang on in there just that little bit longer. If you can visualise that there's one day, just one extra day sometime in your life that could be brighter, mm. you have an obligation to stay. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've spoken about, I think, my PND journey um, previously on this pod and I, I hear you and I feel you on that. Louise, thank you for sharing. It's really powerful. Um, Oh, gosh. Went I right plunged right on in there, didn't I? <laughs> oh, my gosh, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, it, we're here for everything. And, and this is what I was talking about before we came on the show was I'm the point of this podcast is to show women in every position of business or non-business or thinking about business that it's possible no matter what the obstacles or challenges that lie ahead. Um, there's women and there's a community of women out there who are we're here for you and and we we're you know cheering for you to use the american term barracking for you so how how did you come back from that and, and come into managing your life as an entrepreneur yeah well look i think it's one of those situations sometimes when your back is to the wall you all of a sudden get very creative so i knew how to trade already. I'd already been trading for five or six years prior to leaving my role. And thank goodness, because really there was nothing else I could do. I, I didn't have the use of my arms. I needed someone to come in and help me go to the toilet. So mm. trading became just so important, trading the markets to be able to earn money and self-esteem back and having an identity. You know, so much of what we do is based on how we feel about ourselves and how we think others are perceiving us. So to be so egotistical in in my corporate role i was just so excited to be there i was the youngest national manager for this big american company and it was just wonderful and i needed to replace a little bit of that for myself not just the money but the place in society the the feelings that went along with that the achievement the connection with other people and the ability to open doors for others so all of that came into trading and the role of a mentor came about by osmosis because of that. Mm. I was looking and searching and hoping and really aiming to get something together that could be fulfilling and not even necessarily life mission stuff, just something that I could feel satisfied with. And trading ticked a lot of boxes for me. Yeah. So so for those of us that don't know, I do know, but for those of 
my audience who don't know or our audience trading high level summary please because otherwise people won't know what we're talking about. yeah absolutely so it's using the stock market to make money out of thin air <laughs> 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 so some strategy and <laughs> absolutely so there's definitely a business plan behind it it's a quintessential small business and in fact the majority of my traders who begin trading they don't know that you need a trading plan to be able to guide you to tell you how to get into a trade out of a trade and how much money to put into a position. So to begin with, we're all running around going, oh, wow, this sounds fantastic. Isn't it exciting? But then as time goes on, we have to put our business heads on and we have to say, if I was a business, how would I approach this? Mm. If I had a board of directors that I was answerable to, what information would they need to show that I was doing my role properly? And a lot of the people that I help, it's at that end. So they've been curious about the markets. Maybe they've read one of my books. Maybe they've seen me on a YouTube video or on a podcast, and they're just hoping that this little seed of hope can be theirs, that there might be something waiting for them. And refining that is just one of my life pleasures. So every day, day to day, how do you then, how does work fit into your life, your bigger things, your bigger goals for life and how, your fulfilment beyond work? Yeah, yeah. So day to day, I've found that if I spend longer in front of the computer, it does not make me more money. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, think it's, it does. You the hustle think. culture. Yeah, but it just doesn't. It's, it's one of those situations where, the more that we tinker with what we've got going on in the markets, the less it provides. And you can psych yourself out so easily in this game. You know, earlier on where I'd be in a big position and it would be winning and I'd be, oh yeah, you beauty. And then it would drop in price. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't handle this. It's just too, too much for me. And I'd get out of that position preemptively. And of course, that position went on to create amazing wealth for the people that were in it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely a, met a mental thing. And, yeah. and it's a, it's a yeah. long game. It is, a long it game. is, it is. It's a process. And I think anybody that's in that whole get rich quick type of rationale, either they have to change their minds really quickly to be able to excel or they blow themselves up and nobody wants that so that structured methodical routine approach i tend to apply to my life yeah 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 so it's on, on rinse and repeat yes that's it <laughs> and, and holding in it <clears throat> yeah because it is so emotionally driven a lot of that stuff and when you say if you're running it as a business you've got to take the emotion out of it that's it. Yeah. Funnily enough, though, my top traders, so I do surveys, having had a psychology background, I love I like all the chances that I can get to ask questions about people's lives. My top traders in my database, the top four by results are women, even though the women are outnumbered by the guys. Really so yeah yeah I think it's because we are often very nervous about the financial field we think we can't do it we think it's too big it's oh, we've a been conditioned to think that. yeah we have been conditioned to think that and really once we get going with this we realize hey there's a seat for us at this table and it feels pretty darn good mm -hmm. so I think that is what we're seeing there as well yeah yeah and and we are like <laughs> We can hold our nerve. That's it. <laughs> we're resilient, resilient. And we're good at juggling. We don't let one thing dominate our lives. Mm. Often the guys tell me, and it's just hilarious when this happens, they say, well, I'm not going to do this unless I can give it 100%. <laughs> or 110 yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that whole, uh, perhaps we'll call it, macho testosterone yeah, yeah. type of view that isn't what it takes to do well in the markets yeah. it's whether you can hold your nerve and whether when you're in a huge profit you can leave it to be a massive profit that's actually a lot 
harder than I think people realize before they start, which is why we build in that scaffolding of the trading plan to help us just as a business plan guides your attitudes and your views, because it's linked to your values, Mm -hmm. your trading plan as a trader must do the same. And I talk a lot about values and how things need to be in alignment with your values or you don't get that fulfillment, you don't get that enjoyment, it all feels well misaligned it all feels out and empty yeah you know you can get to the top of your field and if it's not aligned then you can go well hell now i'm totally burnt out and i've got no energy now if you yeah there's nothing left to give because you've depleted yourself yeah Mm. oh that's so true so what does a great day in the office look like for you can almost guess (laughs) (laughs) well most of my analysis is done on a weekend so I set aside some time on a weekend where I'm in my little office and I shut the doors and the husband and kids aren't allowed anywhere near me (laughs) and I can just focus and I can look out the window and think and I look at my past trades that I've closed out and I say what did I do well and what would I do differently So I allow myself that space, that introspective time. And I think as women, we can get super complicated, super quick. There can be 500 things we're trying to control. Mm. We need to make that space for ourselves so that we can introspectively look at what is important. So that's the weekend, as well as finding out what positions that I should get into. Um, That's important as well, because that's the system part. And then, Monday morning or so, sometimes mid-morning, I'll put on my new positions. My positions that I have exited have already come out because I've got automatic stop losses. And then I've got most of the rest of the week just to hang out and to do what I want to do. I've certainly had the homeschooling thing going on (laughs) with lockdown. That was always a bit tricky. But moving beyond that, I love going to the gym and I love having time to myself. I love hanging out with my friends and training other people how to do what they want to do and how they can achieve as well. So that's my pretty much perfect day. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the more we can stack these positive little building blocks of experience on top Mm. of each other, the happier we'll all be. So... What tools do you use um, to, to, I don't know if you have a team or communicate with your traders or to train people? What's your tech stack look like? Yeah, so look, it's pretty simple, actually. Yes, yes, so I don't have a team. Um, It's me and I've got a business partner as well, Chris Tate. Um, He's also an author, a best-selling author in his own right. He wrote the first ever book on the Australian share market in Australia. So piece that one together (laughs) so we um, look after our traders over a forum and we do zooms with them as well and sometimes the odd webinar we've got a system tester who is really he's all of my tech stack he's got it all in the one package I'm not all that great with some of the things that he does to be able to excel with the technology so I delegate a hell of a lot I get rid of things that I don't want to do and I stick with the glamour projects myself. I've not heard that expression before, but I'm going to embrace it. Ah, well, actually, I think some of your audience might be interested in this. I've got some stats on this. Glamour projects traditionally are the ones that get us the promotions when we're working for, well, any of the companies that we might want to work for outside our own business. Now, what they've found is that women tend to not put up their hand for these KPIs that involve the Glamour project. And what does that do? It means that we're not noticed. We are powerful in our own right and we know that, but unless we can actually prove it with outcomes, that can be difficult. So I think that is something that we really do need to have a look at. You know, so many of us are taught that someone else will look after us. We think that we're doing okay now and that will continue into the future. But have a listen to this. The fact is that more people believe that time travel will occur in the next 20 years compared to the people believing that women and men will achieve a 50-50 split 
in senior management in 20 years. So currently, the split is that senior management only has 30% of women. Mm, mm. But when surveyed, and this is by McKinsey and Co, yeah. so this is 70,000 executives, when surveyed, 90% of men are happy with that. And listen to this, 50% of women are happy with that. Wow. So half the women are happy that there's only 30% of women in senior management. We need to get angry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it blows my mind that we're still having this conversation in 2022. Yeah, yeah. That, that my daughter will still be having this conversation. And part of it is that we need to put up our hand. So in terms of they've got a, a nice nifty way of assessing those glamour projects. It's a, a 10 point scale and women traditionally only get 20% of those glamour projects. Now, I think that has a lot to do with that previous statistic mm. about, hey, you know, time travel before we hit 50-50 with the C-suite. <laughs> what the hell? So we need to make sure we're in a position to earn more regardless, whether it's through trading the way that I've done, but also looking after ourselves, advocating for ourselves and, frankly, advocating for other women yeah. on the team. Yeah. And, and women traditionally come together so well as a community and it just blows my mind that there's still that element that doesn't mind yeah yeah 50 percent 50 percent and if you look at it from our school point of view like when a boy yells out in class the teachers tend to reward that behavior whereas girls are strictly told put up your hand sweetheart you know we don't want you calling out so we're not used to being outspoken we're not rewarded by that and as a result we get overlooked for these unique opportunities to prove our skills mm -hmm. now to me i've seen my female traders get empowerment here yeah. take back their power with trading but then apply it actually in their jobs yeah. because it gives people the power to say no if you know you've got an extra hundred thousand coming in on the side and your boss makes an unreasonable demand you're more likely to be able to say actually not this but that give me yeah. that project yeah. that actually I feel goes a long way to creating that safety within ourselves which we need to feel confident because confidence expands us mm. And, and confidence in terms of how we show up teaches others that or, or gives others permission to also be confident. Absolutely. Actually, there's a book called Feminist Fight Club. It's a brilliant little book that actually gives you some strategies about how to help not only yourself, but also the sister sitting beside you that we can use our power together to give each other confidence and that's one of the reasons why i love your podcast because even though you and i are not sitting together at that boardroom table we are certainly able to give each other that feeling that it's okay to talk about these things it's okay to feel angry to get angry and to take action i think it's really important this sitting back is doing us no good and it's not doing any good for our daughters and their daughters no. because this is going to take so long that unless we start taking very loud action, mm. nothing's ever going to change. Yeah, and it's even to the point where we're taking on more debt because of it, mm. because of this lack of confidence. So if we have a look, I've only got US stats for this, mm. and I know your US group will be interested <laughs> in this. But hello, I think Nancy. it's, yeah, as hello. <laughs> I think it's quite generalizable to Australia also. Women hold nearly two thirds of the student debt Oof. in the US. So let's have a think about how that can play out over life. More women are going to college. In fact, 56%, if you look in general across the board, 56 of any faculty is female when it comes to the students. So it's not that we're not getting in that door. It's that we're changing our mind and that we're taking on more debt because we're uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So the 
loans that the people in the US need to take out, the women are taking out larger loans, they repay them more slowly and it's attracting more interest over time. So the average woman owes $2,740 more than a guy after finishing a bachelor degree. Mm. And over time, because we earn less, we pay it off slower. Absolutely. Accruing interest. Yeah, you're actually creating even before you've started work, a cycle that is very difficult to break out Mm. of. I have seen it time and time again. I look at my own daughter who's 14 and I keep on saying to her, we need strong women for the next generation. This is your shot. We can encourage our daughters, our nieces, and even our nephews, frankly, We've got to look at the guys too. Yeah. Like we, we need to have a think about how do we encourage these guys to encourage the females in their life. Yeah. Sons, talk about this sort of thing. Get it to be out in the open. Why is this a hidden secret that we have to listen to these secret podcasts to get the information? <laughs> this should be splashed all over. Headline, information everywhere because it is a disservice to us all if we don't step forward yeah and we should be outraged yeah we should be just it's just listening to men in politics that's it that's it if you have a look at currently what's happening in australia and this is right now this right now religious discrimination act which is really interesting isn't it i won't go into massive details here but it's all coming to the fore now if you have got a strong view and you're not in power what can you do you need to write to your mp you need to get your voice heard you need to activate groups that you're involved with to get your message across because if you don't then who will yeah yeah and we have to speak up for our sisters our trans sisters Mm -hmm. all all the groups that we as women have an opportunity to represent um and speak up because i believe so standard you walk past is the standard you accept and if you keep tolerating it, you'll get more of it. So as the mother of two beautiful daughters, one trans who is 19 and one cis born who is 14, it is really fascinating to me to see people's attitudes changing. And I'm not saying that we're completely hopeless here either because there is so much more permissiveness and acceptance. But I think we really need to bring this to the fore. If we can't encourage our daughters to speak up even in their part-time jobs then I think we've got an issue here that will continue with them for life Mm. and we can't let it perpetuate anymore and we can't we really cannot causing too much damage Mm -mm. I I think we get a little bit scared about how to handle things like this as women also like if you ask around your friendship group I'm sure that a lot of your friends will have found a time that they were inappropriately touched or spoken about at work because we are very subject to the men in our environment Mm -hmm. and I think that that is a very difficult situation it makes us think we need to step back instead of stepping forward it Mm -hmm. makes us nervous and we can't really have that have you had any experience with talking about this on your show I haven't heard all of your segments no um not that I can recall but it's yeah. important subject so I'm willing to go there um yeah, yeah yeah I think one of the things that we need to do is to come up with a plan of action prior to these things happening mm-hmm. and to educate ourselves prior now in my own situation I had a sales manager stick his hand down my pants <laughs> So it was How shocking. Is that ever okay. And this is why the boys need to be involved as well. They do. They do. So his name was Mark. I won't give his surname because it's pretty easy to find out where I used to work, the multinational where I used to work. But I was so shocked. I know that there's the fight flight or freeze I did the freeze and if you ask most women I think most women do have that freeze response because we're in a position that we haven't been in before sometimes we're young and we're worried about the impact on us if we speak out Mm. now shrink rather than we do Mm, we do 
So I really would love to see more people have a discussion around the dinner table to talk about with their daughters how to handle this. Now, luckily, I had a wonderful boss, my beautiful boss, Treve, who I'm still friends with after all of these years. I went to my boss and I said, oh, my God, Mark has just stuck his hand down my pants. And I said, I'm I'm mortified and I don't even want to come back anymore. I want to leave my job and run. And Treve and I talked about it and Treve said, what you can do is say to Mark, catch him quietly so that it's nowhere near anybody. Nobody's going to be intimidated or, or perhaps you're not going to be in a situation mm. where you can feel that other people are judging you because we really do feel that. Mm. And I said to Mark, Mark, I know what happened and you know what happened. That is not the best way to get me to work effectively for you so that we can achieve our business outcomes and our goals. This should never, ever happen again. I'm going to let you off this one time because maybe I hadn't set boundaries, but this is my boundary now and I will not be tolerating it again. And if you ever touch me inappropriately, I will be taking adequate action to make sure that you are removed from power and it will be very embarrassing for you. So let's make sure that we get our business outcomes met. Let's use everything we've got within ourselves to achieve those KPIs, to make sure that we achieve those goals for the company. I hope I've made myself understood and I didn't have to wait for the penny to drop with him. It was wonderful. So mature. It was just so much fun to see his little face crumple. He didn't try to justify his actions. He Mm. said nothing. He was totally dumbfounded. And I think it's because I had somebody to talk to that I could get a plan of action. I would like to have had that plan of action in advance, but I didn't. But maybe have a think about it for yourself. Mm. Have a think Mm. about it for the ones that are coming along that are younger than you discussing this type of action and how you can relate it to business outcomes Mm. because these guys they love the business outcome they love the goal if you take them into that mindset how to get the best out of you I think that that can be a great way to handle it whoa that was uh, the maturity in articulate is eloquence is incredible um louise thank you for sharing that because it's a really good script that people can use i hope so i do hope it provides a template and i haven't spoken out out about this very often publicly i must admit but i do feel strongly about bringing these secrets out out Mm. yeah it's and and it's something that's so common uh that the more we talk about it, the more women who are affected feel empowered to talk about it. And it's a conversation that needs to be had. I, we look I at think so. Yeah. Breast tame and everything that's happening at the moment in the news. And maybe if she had had someone to help her at a younger age, we don't know. Um, there, there was a difference with, I, I don't fully know every aspect of her story, mm. but the fact that they provided for her all of her belongings after the event and one of those belongings was a chunk of her own hair in an envelope you have to think that there was a big difference with sexual violence compared to sexual harassment harassment. so i think in the workplace which i think is more of what we're talking about here some of those basic building blocks of being able to tie it to a business outcome being able to confront privately and being able to draw on the Mm. concern and support of a mentor that i had in my my old boss to have all of those building blocks would really play out well Mm. Mm. in the workplace a a completely different dynamic but a different different dynamic and that dynamic is actually prevalent too so to talk with your children about that so if you are being raped what do you do what Mm. are some of the things so are you I know we're going into quite an area here are you comfortable going into that I'm comfortable area? going into that I will put a content warning on this episode, please do so because this don't is worry. 
possibly quite triggering Mm. for some people and I think it is something that again bringing those secrets out Mm. so let's look at some of the things that you can do if you are in a violent situation about how you can actually move out of that with safety now the dehumanization aspect of this is really key that perpetrator is thinking of you as a piece of meat so say your name my name is Louise Bedford. Look them in the eye. Number two is remind them that they have daughters and mothers and sisters and aunts. So look them in the eye and say, if this was happening to your sister, how would you feel? That's not what you want. Number three is it's not too late to stop. You can stop right now. Okay, so they're the top three, and I've got one more after this. So remind them of your name. Humanise yourself. Talk about what what would this be like if this was happening to your sister or your mother? Mm. And number three, say it's not too late to stop. Mm. Now, the fourth one, if things have got beyond that and you really don't have a choice and you can still speak because a lot of violence happens very quickly and if you don't have the wherewithal to fight back quickly, then you are actually going down a very dark path super quickly. This last one is to do something physically disgusting. So pick your nose, vomit. If you can, wee. Do anything you can to make yourself look vile and hideous. That is a real key too, because men cannot maintain an erection when they feel disgust. The two do not work. So that, as a last resort, if you've tried to fight back, especially if you're bound, that is something that you can implement. Talk to your children, talk to every female you have around you and use that. Now, where am I getting this information from? I want to back this up with research. There every year around schoolies in the Gold Coast, girls are raped Mm. every year. And there are groups that go around and help the girls and even some of the guys as well to overcome this. So there are rape kits there that are provided so that these women can pursue and it's a terrible area to cover i do i do understand that it's repulsive to cover this and why can i be so matter of fact because if i'm not matter of fact and if i don't cover this with you where i can talk about it openly Mm. heck it's just another secret yeah and it's something that women are the secret keepers of um and i'm Mm. going to put something in here if this has been triggering for you I will put resources below um contact uh your I'll put the resources in yes absolutely yeah there's there's definitely things yeah definitely things that you can do if you're feeling that this has struck a nerve if it has made you uncomfortable in any way reach out Mm. I think the way that we can help solve some of these world problems is to actually scaffold our way into feeling comfortable discussing it but also healing after it has Mm. happened so I do applaud you really Jane for bringing this out and being able to comfortably discuss this with me to your absolute credit because I know a lot of people shy away from these tough topics well if it if it's something that we can talk about like this it then gives people permission to talk about it in other ways and speak up Mm. and speak out because if we don't talk about it as women who are mature and are, are in a position of mentorship we're the ones with the power now in terms mm. of, of women and mature women. So thank you for, for bringing that up. It's a really powerful conversation. Oh, wow. <laughs> powerful oh, stuff. You thought My this goodness. was just going to be about trading, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> it was going to be about business. Um, but it is, a, it is a, something that affects one in five women at least. One in five. Mm. One in five. And, um, you know, it's time for us to speak up because we are responsible for the next generation as well my daughter's 11 so oh yes we're about to start having some of those more difficult conversations I'm sure Mm. um and obviously your daughters as well are teenagers 
Yes, they're, they're moving through and even sometimes their friends are moving through situations like this. Mm. Um, while we're on on this sort of larger type of topic yeah. as well, I really would like to cover asking for pay rises. Oh, yeah, let's to talk about are you that. up for that? Yes. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think asking for pay rises is something that fills us all with fear and it tends to be a once a year type of thing, doesn't it? Mm. We have that, (laughs) oh my gosh, we have that performance review and we haven't kept notes all year and all of a sudden we do the big, you know, trip over our words. So let's have a look at a template that we can use to increase the money coming into our families. Firstly, before that performance review, make sure that you've kept a note of all of the things that you've accomplished. Have a look at the outcomes that you've achieved. Mm. So the template that you've got here is situation, task, action, result, star. So the situation that I was in was this, the task that I was assigned was that, the action that I performed was this, and the result that derived from that action was this. Mm. Now that result should be tied to your business goals. Mm. Now that is a very powerful STAR, S-T-A-R. That is a very powerful template to get your message across. So if you've been keeping a record all year, you've got evidence, absolute Mm. evidence about your situation, task, action and result then how do we actually weave that in? And what do we use to be able to have stats on our side, to have data on our side that will maximise our chances for success? Firstly, we need to know that men don't ask for pay rises more than women. That is a fallacy. So, yes. So women, and this is based on US data, unfortunately I don't have Australian data, Women are asking, but they're not asking adequately in the language that their boss can understand. (laughs) So definitely we are asking. So now we have to become more effective. We need to say, based on this star result, the figure that we want. Mm. Now, that is a hard thing to do, isn't it? Because our pay scales are often quite opaque. We don't discuss it, even though we can discuss it with others. But we need to have an idea about who is being paid what in the industry. So try and make this totally transparent with your friends. Work out what they're being paid and what your KPIs can lead you to ask the company for. And if you don't get what you want, and this is a really big question, say, what can I do to be in the top percentile of the pay scale right and if you have done all of that then you must confront you must say all of these tasks that i've been given all of these results that have been derived from the task would you agree that that does put me in the top percentile of the pay scale now leave a silence because it's a very tough question to answer because as soon as they say yes then your pay rise in your mind is pretty much there. Mm. Okay, so keep these in mind that as women, we talk about emotions more than the men. This is not the time to do that. It's not that I need the money because my daughter needs to go to private school. Mm. It's not it's not that it's designed around outcomes about how you can be the best in that category. And naming a figure naming a specific figure that you can ask for that you've got a shot of getting now if you don't get that pay rise what can you do you can say then look i know that you didn't give me the pay rise this time let's review this in three months can i schedule a time with you so that we can talk about this then because i want to prove to you that i can get those business outcomes and i can achieve in the way that i know our business needs to achieve and let's get some more money in the hands of women absolutely you know i think a lot of it comes down to cash if you've got like i'm glad you're going to put a a warning on this one so put a swear warning warning on it too yeah, this is this is explicit this one, <laughs> this one. <laughs> if you've got a fair chunk of fuck you money then people are just going to not mess with you because you're going to display it with every fiber of your being and they're going to get that 
you know they're going to pick that up in the way you hold yourself and that is only going to do you good in the future for yourself and for your family and it comes back to we talked about earlier confidence yeah sure does yeah Mm. which leads me to my next question which is the opposite so (laughs) one of the things that affects entrepreneurs and people who are employees as well at every stage of business and career is imposter syndrome so what are your methods to overcome this and how do you respond to the bad days in business oh yeah this is a big one isn't it I think imposter syndrome where we are at a certain level and we suddenly think oh my gosh they might find out I'm a fraud that I'm a fake oh my god oh my goodness so I think that is a very real thing and the majority of us have felt that way especially when we're first promoted, especially when we're in an area that we know maybe 30% and there's 70% that's opaque, that can be a bit of a tipping point. So let's firstly look at the imposter syndrome, some of the pluses. Okay, now I know this is never discussed. It's a behaviour though. In the four years that I studied psychology at uni, every behaviour is rewarded. You know, your toddler's throwing... Yeah, your toddler's throwing a tantrum in a supermarket. How you respond to that very first tantrum will either reinforce that tantrum so it will happen again or... So glad those years are over. (laughs) Or it will downregulate that. So for ourselves, why is the imposter syndrome there? It's important to understand why. It's, it is to keep us safe. It's to make us feel that we're in control and that we have everything considered. And as women, safety is so important. In the olden days, we would have got kicked out of the cave if we had have taken risks. So a lot of us feel this very, very deeply. Now, what can we do once we are aware that we've got imposter syndrome and we don't think that it's serving a purpose for us? It's not we're not going to get eaten by a bear no no that's right what we need to do is we need to convince ourselves of our worth now that may include that star technique Mm -hmm. the situation task action result reading over your previous accomplishments Mm -hmm. that is a really big one that people just reject you know often when we're in a funk we don't think of the good things. I have a folder with screenshots of all the lovely messages I've got from clients. Beautiful. I've got my bookcase behind me. I've got a load of cards there. And at any stage I can pick up a card and go, oh, look what look what they said about me isn't that just lovely (laughs) so I think that's really important we need to also remember that it's okay to feel this way that every single person who has risen to a position of power has at some stage unless they're a complete narcissist (laughs) (laughs) which is another difficulty altogether they have felt this way and this feeling will pass and it's the voice that you feed which is the one that will scream louder Mm -hmm. so are you going to feed that insecure little girl or are you going to nurture that little girl and say it's okay you're going to grow up and you're going to be just fine and growing up means tomorrow going into that room and holding your head up high it's just a matter of realizing that this is normal and finding methods to be able to soothe yourself so that you can rise above mm. self-soothing that's something it also applies to little babies and you yeah. know letting them know you are safe it's fine Absolutely. I think that there's a good case for having a day a week where you treat yourself like a toddler. (laughs) (laughs) Look at yourself in front of Netflix. (laughs) That's it. That's it. You know what? What do we do for our dogs that we don't do for ourselves? You know, we make sure our dogs or our toddlers have the right food. Mm. They have enough sleep or they get cranky. They drink enough water. They socialise, you know, they need all of these basic building blocks of being a human and we do do too, more so because we have demands on us. We are constantly giving out with energy. We need to top ourselves back up, otherwise the well runs dry. It's so true and we seem to forget ourselves, Um, especially I found when I became a mother that I had to be there, they had to be number one priority and they don't you need to be because you're only as effective as well in terms of how well you are in your being 
so true. And that includes things to nurture your soul. Mm. You know, this type of idea where we can just keep on soldiering on, I do think that is one of the byproducts that the pandemic is starting to wipe out. There was even an ad when I was a kid, soldier on with Codrill, soldier on, remember that? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm hoping that that can translate to other areas of women's lives that we realize that we can have downtime, we can schedule time for meditation, we can get outside to have a lunch break, and we can make sure we leave work at a reasonable hour if we are turning up to an office. So that whole balance aspect, you're never going to achieve balance every single day, every single day you won't, but you'll have periods of busy time and you'll have periods of let's pull back and compress and rejuvenate time. And that is so important. Mm, mm. And give yourself permission to do it. I was, I've said yes, about this before. Absolutely. I, I'm like, I work for myself. Therefore, if I want a nap, I'm going to have a nap. But I've never, since I said that to myself, I've had a nap. It's like my inner rebel just goes, no. 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 <laughs> Jane, I've, I wanted to say to you, I have, I have an afternoon sleep nearly every single day. Do you? I don't. I have to go and do school pickup, so that sort of interrupts my nap time. But no, I don't. I'm, I'm quite energised. I'm quite a high-energy person through the day, which is interesting because I used to be quite a sleepy person. But no, now I'm like, woohoo. I'm high-energy if I have my nap. Otherwise, I conk it. So I, I meditate instead of nap. Ah, uh, yes. That's my alternative. That um, is very activity. rejuvenating as well. Do you use a guided meditation or do yes. you meditate? Yes. What do you use? Um, I have one of my, actually, my money mentors, Miriam, she does some really beautiful ones. And then I just sort of have a whole collection that I have on my YouTube music that I can't remember even who they are, so I can't give credit. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I think if you're thinking that you need to meditate alone, that that can be a real mistake because often that little voice in our head can be really busy and it can be hard to drown that voice out unless we have somebody talking in over the top Mm. of it so just because you're using a guided meditation it doesn't mean that your meditation is actually of less value no no and i love it because it gives me something to focus on as you said it does yeah i use calm yeah i do have calm oh i love it so the other aspect with meditation is to be careful that you don't actually get so hooked on the meditation that that becomes your only way of life so to have a meditation break every now and again for a day is a good thing we have so many of our behaviors that we do through habit and i love that because that's a lot of success however with meditation it can sometimes get into a bit of a a compulsion yes um mm. so i I don't think my brain would ever let it become a compulsion that's a good thing that is lovely and if you are suffering from that if you do notice that you need meditation apps to go to sleep or you have a particular time of the day and if it goes past that time you get angst because you haven't listened to your meditation it's good to take some occasional breaks so that you don't end up in that cycle of addiction it is another dependency yes it's an endorphin releaser and whenever we have that dopamine serotonin release in our brain it can actually lead it can lead into areas that can be rather compulsive i'm shocked i've never thought about that (laughs) and also if you're not a meditator then just know that for 17 percent of people meditation actually increases their anxiety So that is also fine. You may find that these meditation apps are not your cup of tea. Give it a go because 17% is a fairly low percentage for the number of people that rave about it. But if it's not your thing and if you're not relating with it, then just just realise that that's okay too. There are other methods for you. Yeah, you do you. It's fine. That's it. (laughs) So how, how do you maintain your sense of community? Well, working effectively uh, yes. alone. Yes, it's so important. I think that Julia Lunt Stat, I believe her name was, she yes. did some studies into this and you'll have to fact check that name. I know it was Julia Lunt, but this, the last part I'm not 100% sure of. She found that loneliness is comparable in health to chain smoking. <laughs> 
So <laughs> it's a significant aspect to look at for your own well-being. I'm so happy with my group of traders that I've mentored throughout the years. They are either they've done the mentor program because I knew them before. My mentor program is the one that I look after my traders with primarily. So all of my friends have done the mentor program or traders from all walks of life have found me and I've become a friend to so many. So that's really, really important. One, one thing I might mention is a little happiness project I did a few years ago yeah. about connection. I have a challenge for you. Okay, we're, we're ready. You're ready? Here we go. I did it and it, it was freaking awesome. I wrote a card per day to somebody who had made an impact on me. Ooh. And I did it for a year. Wow. It had a clear start and a clear end. And you can use card apps to help you. I used to send out cards.com so you can type it in and then they send it out for you. But it's a card, it's a physically delivered card. Now, after the first three months, I ran out of people. I'm like, oh my God, my primary school teacher, I wonder if I can find her. <laughs> and I found people who helped me in a restaurant, who worked at Woolies. They came into my life and I noticed them. And it was such a wonderful process that gratitude, but with an outcome, it really, did so much for my views of humanity and I really do think that yeah that changed my view about support from others helpfulness of others and the impact I can have into other people's lives and and any type of gratitude practice is so powerful in terms of how you feel about your life and and others that's wonderful I love that I don't know if I know yeah I loved 65 it. people you won't <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to let them come into your life <laughs> and to notice them. Mm. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Um, so what's your core why? What keeps you motivated? Uh, at risk of having this committed to memory, <laughs> <laughs> to inspire others by leading by example. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm. Because that's, well, that's leadership, isn't it? It is. And that's why as well, I'm happy to discuss with you, Jane, other areas other than trading and, and business plans, because even though that's my core competency, if you like, I mean, helping people achieve in the share market and being a mentor to so many thousands of people, writing books, writing articles, all of that, yes. But the value behind that, my mission, if you like, yeah. is to inspire others by leading by example. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate um, that you've been so incredibly honest today, Louise. And we'll round out with what are your top tips for smart women in business across the world? Firstly, find a mentor. Mm -hmm. Find somebody that you relate with, that can care for you when you're down, that can also act as an unreasonable friend. Someone who says to you, look, that's not good enough. You need to do better. You need that combination. You can't just have a friend friend do this for you. You need somebody who will be that unreasonable friend to work with you and guide you. So number one is find a mentor and number two is to watch your connections. So we become like the people we associate with. So if you are hanging out with people who all they're thinking of doing is going to the pub on a Saturday night, where their next holiday is, what they're gonna drink, you are probably going to represent the average of those five friends. Mm. So upgrade your friendship group and see where you're at. You may have to reach out and get out of your comfort zone to do it, but do it and do it well. Do it with gratitude. Find people that you can relate with that can drag you up to an upper level, just a little bit further. Just shine that spotlight just as far as you can see and then walk to the end of that. So I think they're the, probably the main two areas I'd encourage everybody listening to this podcast to do. Mm. And what I always find interesting about these conversations is it's never about get a better computer, you know, <sighs> get a better car, get a bigger house. It's always about the people that we spend time with. Absolutely. And if, if anybody... Connection. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anybody listening would like to reach out to me, I don't have a virtual assistant. I answer every email myself. So come to my website, tradinggame.com.au, register and I'll send you my free five-part e-course and my trading plan template. And then we'll be in touch. You'll get my newsletter once a month, which is primarily about topics like this. I talk to people who follow me there's thousands of people from around the world now that that follow me and it is designed to get real and sometimes to get dirty and to make sure that we are all elevating because that way we've got that rising tide Mm -hmm. that lifts all ships fantastic louise well that was my next question covered off how can people find out more about you and your work fantastic (laughs) we're very efficient i will put all the links in the show notes louise thank you for being such an incredible guest today I have loved every minute of it. Keep spreading your magic into the world, Jane. I adore your show. There are so many more people that will be attracted to you in the coming years. And really with what you're doing, every success to you, my love. Thank you so much, Louise. Um, Maybe we will do this again. Good stuff. Thanks for listening to the Smart Women of Business podcast. If you'd like access to the show notes, please visit my website, jamemackaycommunications.com.au forward slash blog. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please don't forget to subscribe. Until next time, keep on being a smart woman in business.